Right. Good evening. Welcome again, everyone. Um, that was good stuff, huh? Good worship. So, we are uh, here tonight. We're gonna we're continuing in our in our uh, summer series, calling it Summertime Refreshment. So, we are going to be tonight in the Book of Nehemiah. If you guys want to turn there, every every Thursday for the summer, we're gonna have a different uh, one of the our different brothers in the church come and, and teach teach you guys. So today I'm up. So, um, and after we're gonna have a special treat. I don't know. Are we supposed to say? Is it secret? Okay, we're gonna have ice cream social. Who does that anymore, right? We do it. That's what we're doing. But we're gonna do ice cream. It's gonna be amazing. We're gonna have fun. And yeah. Anyway, so we're gonna be again in the book of Nehemiah, chapter eight. We're gonna start at verse one. So you guys, a moment to turn there. And it reads this, And all the people gathered as one man at the square, which was at the front of the water gate. And uh, they asked Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the lots of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. Then Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly of men, women and all, who could listen with understanding. On the first day of the seventh month, he read from it before the square, which was in front of the water gate, from early morning until midday, in the presence of men and women, those who could understand, and all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood at a wooden podium, which they had made for the purpose, and beside him stood all these guys. I'm not going to name them, sorry. It's just crazy. Um, so we'll skip down to verse 5, sorry. Ezra opened the, the book in the sight of all the people, um, for he was standing above all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. Then they bowed low and worshipped the Lord uh, with, to the Lord um, with their faces to the ground. Also, uh, Jeshua, Benai, um, these other guys, I was going to attempt to do it, but it's not going to work. The Levites, these guys were Levites. They explained the law to the people while the people remained in their place. They read, be, uh, they read from the book, from the law of God, translating to give the sense so that they understood the reading. Then Nehemiah, who was one of the governors, or who was a governor, excuse me, and Ezra the priest, and all the people said to, uh, he said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go eat of the fat, drink of the Drink of the sweet and send portions to him who has nothing prepared. For this day is um, holy to the Lord. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. All the people went away to eat, to drink, to send portions, and to celebrate a great festival, because they understood the words which had been known to them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Um, Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord, that it, Lord, it, they are your words, Father. Um, Lord, we don't worship the Bible, Lord, we worship the God of the Bible, Father, and, uh, but you've given us your word, Lord, to, uh, to reveal yourself to us, Lord, to know your will and what you have for us to do, Lord, as, as your people, God, and, um, and we just want to, uh, this evening, Lord, we want to bless you, God, um, Lord, you, you take such great joy in your children, Lord, when we 
purpose in our hearts to give attention to your word and to um, to obey it, God. So I pray that you would just be pleased with us this evening, Lord, but that you would be exalted and glorified, and that, that us as your people would, um, Lord, just be encouraged and refreshed, revived, and renewed this evening in your name. Amen. So uh, the book of Nehemiah is probably my favorite book in the Bible. Um, I named my son Nehemiah, as you guys know, because so I said from the get-go to my wife, I think even before we are married, I was like, hey, first boy we have, his name's going to be Nehemiah, and she was cool with it, so we didn't have to, we'd have to have our first fight, it was good stuff, but, um, but the book of Nehemiah, we, uh, if you guys have ever read the, read the book of Nehemiah, it's, um, it's an awesome book on, on leadership, this, this, this man, Nehemiah, how God put this, uh, this purpose on his heart to go and help the, the children of Israel rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Um, if I could, I like, I like giving um, background to things that are going on. I don't like just like going in, jumping in the middle of something, not knowing what's going on. So um, Nehemiah picks up where, uh, if you know anything, we've been going, I know you guys have been going through the Old Testament on, on Thursday nights, and we know um, soon enough that during that time in the book of Kings and everything, like Israel was just in a bad situation. They were, um, they were in sin, they were in idolatry, they were doing everything that the Word of God told them not to do, but they didn't they didn't care. God was sending them prophets. They didn't care. And eventually Babylon was going to come and take them away for 70 years. Um, and after that, during that time, another kingdom came in, the, the kingdom of Persia. And um, once that 70 years was up, there was this king. His name was Cyrus. He comes and he decrees that all the Jews can go back to Jerusalem. Um, everyone, whatever city they're in and all the land, that those people that were there were to give them gifts so they can go back so they wouldn't just be going back with nothing. So this great just thing that the Lord was doing to to bring his people back, and he and the first wave of people that came, they came under this guy named Zerubbabel. And then after that, Ezra comes in with the second wave of people, and they rebuild the temple, they rebuild the foundation, and um, there's just this restoration of of the people of God to uh, to their God to worship him. And then now we pick it up in the story in the book of Nehemiah. It's like 13 years later, Nehemiah comes in, you know, he's he's a... He's this high official in um, the Persian, basically, government. He's, like, kind of second in command. He's a king's cupbearer, so he was, like, an advisor to the king. He was close to the king. He probably had a cush job, but God put this thing on his heart. His his brothers came back from, from Judah. He asked what was going on, and he said, hey, everything's just not good. Even though the temple's restored, all these things, but, like, the gates are down, like, the burn of fire, everything's just, like, it's it's not, we're not in good shape right now. And he was just, uh, he was broken. He was a man of, of the people, basically, and he loved these people and his own people, even though he'd probably never been in Jerusalem because he was in captivity, probably born there. But he had a heart for God and his people and, and God's nation, basically. And so after praying for about, like, a good four months, you know, God opens the door, he goes back to Jerusalem, and this is kind of where we're picking up the story. Um, the wall is finished now in 52 days, which is kind of a miraculous thing. Now the wall is built. Now all these things are happening. Um, what I wanted to talk about this evening is is uh, the revive part of that refresh, renew, revive. I know I'm kind of skipping over, but but I'm, that's, that's okay. We'll be all right. Um, I read this quote from this guy. His name is J. Edwin Orr, and he talks about revival. He kind of explains it, defines it this way: the spirit of the the of revival is the spirit of God working through the Word of God in the lives of the people of God. Um, there's nothing like the the Word of God to uh, to revive his people, you know, the, what, what we're going to see right now, the first thing I want you to notice in verse 1, 
as he says this, it says, after you know, all these things that happened, the wall was built. In chapter 7, it, it kind of gives you a, a census of all the people who were there, who the first wave of people that came back. But in chapter 8, in verse 1, we read this, And all the people gathered as one man at the square, which was in the front of the water gate. And um, first off, the first thing that I want you guys to notice, that it wasn't Nehemiah, it wasn't Ezra, it wasn't a priest, it wasn't a leader who was like, hey, we need to like get right with the Lord. You know, it wasn't like a a religious type leader that was doing that. It was the people. The people as one, they're like, we want to hear the word of God. So they came in front of the water gate, and, that, and that's that's a... Uh, that is a definite work of the Holy Spirit, right? People don't just gather together to want to draw closer to God, right? The, the, the Lord is the one. The Spirit of God is, um, <clears throat> is working in, those pe- in these people, and, um, and we see this, and I think they, they recognize this, right? Because everything that's been going on, they come back to their homeland. In 52 days, the walls were built. They didn't have, like, Home Depot. They didn't have any of these things to, uh, you know, they didn't have all these new materials. They used what was there. Um, the enemy was around them. They were trying to stop it. They were, they were, they were intimidating. They were trying to cause fear. They, they basically, if they could, they'd probably try to kill them. So all these things were kind of stacked against them. But in 52 days, they were able to build this wall. And uh, in ancient times, right, the like walls were a big deal. Um, they, you know, they they kind of give you a sense of security of protection because you know back in those days, the enemy can come in. If there was no wall, then you'd be easy, an easy target. They'd be able to do take whatever they wanted but um but the people recognize that they recognize hey the wall's built now this miraculous thing we know that this is god that's that's doing this right now this isn't we're just not like these great people they like know what we're doing right but this is god that's that's working if you look like uh back in in nehemiah and the chapters where it talks about all these builders and the and the sections they were building some of these people they were building the walls and the gates repairing them um it says some of them are goldsmiths some of them are this some of them are perfumers right I don't know, like they, they they have no like construction background, but God used all these people, and they knew it's like man, this is definitely God working. God wants to bring us back here. God is doing this work. So, but the one thing they recognize, even though now they have this wall built up, they recognize that hey, even though we have all that, what we really need, the, the our our greatest hope of defense, our greatest security is um coming back to the Lord, right? Coming back to this relationship, this closeness with God that's been severed because of our sins because of our life <clears throat> and they realized as well that the only the only way to do that is to turn back to god into his word and um it's i think it's interesting that they 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 go in front of the water gate there's all these other gates in jerusalem if you ever like look in your bible if you have one of those study bibles you can see like you know they, they show you a kind of a diagram of what it would look like when it was all built there's you know there's a fish gate there's these other gates that were there but they stand by the water gate. I think that's interesting because you know in the Bible or in the in the Word of God, it, the Word of God likens itself to to water, right? And right now, because it's summer, because it's hot, like nothing refreshes you or revives you like water. Um, I like soda a lot, but but um, but that, but that doesn't do it. Like even when it's hot, when it when you're tired, when uh, you've had a long day in the sun doing work, whatever. Like what you want is water. Like um, you know, not Sprite or not even Gatorade or anything of those things. Nothing really revives you quite like water, but also with the thing that water does, it has this, this cleansing effect, right? That's what we use to, to, to bathe and to clean ourselves, but that's what the Word of God is like, and I think it's just an interesting thing how, how that was put in. They, they, they're by the water gate. They're there. They want to be revived. They want to be kind of cleansed from, from the things they were doing, and they recognize, like, this is what we need. This, the Word of God needs to be, like, the authority of our lives, 
um, remembering what where they came from, what happened just not too long ago. Where they were in captivity. They were taken from their homeland. Everything was destroyed. But now they're like, no, this is what this is what needs to happen. We need to come back to God. And God was working and God was moving. Um, Psalms 127, verses 1 and 2, it says this. It says, unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with centuries will do nothing. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. And I love that verse because that's what it talks about. Like, again, they already had their wall set up. They could have been like, we're good. Like, you know, I got my, my wall set up. I have my ADT system set up. I'm, I'm fine. Everything's good. But they, re- they realize, like, no, like, even though we have this up, but what we really need is, is spiritual security. We need, we need to come back to God, who is our defense, who is our shield, who is our rock. He's, he's, th- that's what we need. And they recognize that. So what they do, right, they call on this guy, Ezra. And again, they, they want to hear the word. They ask Ezra, this is, uh, and, they, and they ask Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which, was, which the Lord um, had given to Israel, right? They're basically saying, Ezra, bring it. We, we need the word of God. We need God's word. And we know you're a scribe. We know that you know the, the, the law of the Lord. So, so bring that to us. We need to hear the word of God. We need it to be basically, in a sense, taught to us. Um, Again, I go back to that that washing of God's word. You know, in John thirteen ten, if you guys know uh, that story, when Jesus, when he's washing the disciples' feet, and he comes to Peter, and, and Peter's like, Lord, what are you doing? Like, you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus says, hey, you don't know what I'm doing, but if I don't do this, Peter, you have no part with me, no part of me. And then, then Peter said, well, then wash all me, Lord. And he's like, wash me, wash all of me. Like, give me a whole bath. Just, just do this. Um, but then he tells them, Jesus replies in John thirteen ten, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for his feet. Right, and that that kind of speaks of for us as Christians. You know, we've been if we're if we're in Christ Jesus, you know, we're we're uh, you know we're covered in the blood of Christ. But you know, as we walk through our daily lives, we constantly need to be refreshed. We need to be cleansed by the Word of God because there's so many things out there. Right, if you go to work or you're around other other employees or whatever at school, you're going to hear all these ways of thinking, these philosophy, these politics, these different dogmas, these, these things, this is how it should be, and, and we can, all those things easily cloud our vision and, 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 uh, and uh, cloud our focus on God. It can be blurred, and what we constantly need in our lives is that refreshing, that reviving of the Word of God. It's so crucial. That's what we need, you know, then, and again, these people, they recognize that. I want to give you guys a couple more verses in regards to, like, what the Word of God does. In Ephesians five twenty five and 26, some of you guys know this verse well, right? It says, For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and cleaned, washed by the cleansing of God's word. Again, we come to that, that the whole idea of that's what the word of God does, and that's our, that is our responsibility as husbands to our wives, but also vice versa to our children, to each other as God's people. Like, that's why we have, you know, times where we have Bible studies where we come together Sundays and Thursdays or whatever other Bible study we go to so we can um, be nourished by the Word of God, but we can be washed by the Word of God. We can have we can have a renewed mind by the Word of God because, again, there's so many things that are out there. It's bombarding us every single day. If you guys are on Facebook or anything like that, Lord help you with those things. But you, you get all this stuff on Facebook every day. It's just out of control. Right, and we can be so easily caught up. We can get caught up in the mix and the drama, whatever. Like uh, you know, with that with the whole social media thing. But we need to 
remember the thing that's going to help us through those things is the Word of God. Um, in Psalms 119, verse 9, it says, How can a young man stay pure? Or a young person stay pure? It says, By obeying your word. I love scripture. I'm going to give you guys a lot of scripture. That's just what I like doing, right? And then I'll give you one more verse, and I'll stop with all the scriptures for a second. All right, in Psalms 1, verses 1 and 2, again, it talks about how the word of God like is likened to water. It says, How blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. In verse 3, it says, He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. Again, that's it's so crucial for the for us to be in the Word, right? It's crucial for us to be here, to be taught the Word, but it's also crucial for us to be in our own time with the Lord where we're able to constantly be washed by God's Word. It's, 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 uh, it's something that we need in our lives. And again, these people, they understood that. They understood this is what we need in our lives. We can't go back to what, how things were if we do. And even if we have this wall built and everything, we, we had this success, but they realized it wasn't of themselves, and they realized, like, we need our strength. We need all these things drawn from God. And again, we're introduced as a guy named Ezra. And, um, and just to give you a little kind of background of Ezra, right, it says in Ezra chapter 7, verse 11, it says, um, The king Artaxerxes at the time had given a copy of the following letter to Ezra, the priest and scribe who studied and taught the commands and decrees of the Lord to Israel. He was a priest, but again, he was in Babylon, right? He was in this area of Babylon. There was no temple. He couldn't officiate. He couldn't do what he was supposed to be doing. So he purposed in his heart. He decided, I'm going to, I'm going to know God's word. I'm going to be a teacher of God's word. I'm going to, that's, that's, that's all I can do. So I'm going to do it. And, um, and if you look, when he comes back in the, in the book of Ezra, that, that second half of Ezra, he comes, he takes a second wave of, of the remnant of Israel back. You know, he begins to even though they, you know, they've built the the temple, they built the foundation, but now he needs to rebuild them spiritually, and he begins to do that. And he there's this there's these reforms, this revival during then, and he comes back now again. They're like, hey, Ezra, bring us the book, teach us the word of God. We want to know. They had such a hunger for it, and and it was such a cool thing. And they have this man named Ezra who was who was um you know, who's ready to teach them the word of God. And then it says, going on to verse two, then Ezra the priest, he brought the law before uh, the assembly of men, women, and all who could listen with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. All right, it says all those who can listen with understanding. So I'm sure that maybe they had a nursery or something, right? Who knows, maybe Nehemiah was watching all the kids or something. I don't know. But it says all those who were there, who were men and women, and those who were able to understand, they were there and they were attentive to the Word of God. You know, there was a, they, made, they, they made it a point to, um, to not be distracted, right? Again, in the age of... Uh, technology and stuff it's easy when we're listening to a bible set or something we, we feel our phone vibrate or like i wonder what that is you know or whatever the case may be and we can easily do that or not even just that tv there's so many things that they want to distract us for our time and again it's so crucial that they're like no we're going to make sure we're going to set this time aside we need to be fed the word of god it was so important for their life it was paramount to their uh you know to their their safety you know their spiritual safety again they had this physical safety but they needed spiritual safety and and for us it's there there needs to be that quiet time right with jesus where we can get away whether it's in the morning the night and um we're busy people right we live in a busy times and especially in in our in our uh our country we're always go 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 right but there needs to be times where 
we rest and we're at the Lord's feet, right? You guys know that story of Martha and Mary. Martha was busy. She had, she had to make sure everything was going. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Martha's like, Lord, like, she's not even doing anything. He's like, no, she, she's doing the better thing, right? This, that, and, that's, and we need those times where we're just at the Lord's feet, where we need to get away, where we need to be with him alone. We need to shut everything off and just be like, Lord, it's just you and me. I need this right now. Just in relationships, any relationships, right? If, you know, marriage relationship, if you're not communicating, if you're not talking, if you guys don't know each other, then there's, you know, it's, it's not going to end well, right? There's going to be problems. There's going to be rough waters because there's no communication. There's no, there's nothing. But with us in the Word of God, we need to be in the Word of God. We need to be in prayer. And so they see that in verse 3, it says, He read from it before the square, which was in front of the water gate, from early morning until midday, in the presence of men and women, those who could understand, and all the people were attentive to the book of the law. I don't know if you guys noticed, I said for, he read from morning to midday. It's like six hours, right? Sometimes we have a hard time paying attention for 40 minutes, right? I do the youth, so after a while, like 10 minutes, all I hear is like fidget spinner, right? Fidget spinners, fidget spinners. It's, it's out of control, right? But but they for from, I have one too, I mean, whatever, whatever but... But um, for, for the morning, for like six hours, they were attentive to God's word. They were there. And um, again, because they needed that, they were like, they were so hungry for the word of God, but um, they, they, that's what they wanted. So we have to understand, too, all these people that were there, most of them were in captivity. They're probably born in captivity. So most of them probably never heard the word of God, maybe ever, not on a regular basis for sure. So for them to hear it on a regular basis now, to, to hear someone who understands it, to teach them, it was such a, a reviving thing for them. That's what they needed. That's what they wanted. It says they were attentive. Six six hours. That's crazy, right? Um, and they were there, and they were attentive because they they were just there was such a hunger, there was such a thirst for the word of God, and these these people they needed it, right? But again, for six hours, and again, we live in this time where we're busy. It's like, man, I got time for that. Right? I got I got things to do on Thursday nights, right? Sometimes like I just came out of work. It's like, man, I'm tired. I just need to sleep. I need a rest, and and um. And in those times, though, we're like, hey, you know, there's there's those times where yeah, they just finished this big construction project, right? 52, 52 days they were doing this. The enemy was threatening. They were probably stressed out, right? Sometimes we get stressed out. We're just like, hey, I'm done for the day, you know? Like, I'm going to go or whatever, right? We get stressed out. We get we get tired. We get over it. And, um, right, we can, we can be that way. And when it comes to, I don't know, Thursdays or Sundays, like, man, I've been busy all week. I just need to relax. I need to rest. And we forget sometimes, like, hey, this is the Lord, the Lord wants us to rest, right? He wants us to to rest in Him and to rest in His Word, and it's it's such a refreshing thing, you know. When when we do come, maybe we're tired from a long day of work, maybe we work down the hill, we're driving up, but we we say, I, even though I'm tired, I know this is what I need. I need to be recharged, right? I need to be refreshed by the Word of God. I need to be revived and refreshed, renewed by God and by God's people, by the by the church. And it's such a reviving thing when we do that. It's like, man, I, I could have stayed home, but man, this this is, you know, this teaching or whatever that the teaching God's word was just was just uh, just what I, it's what I needed. I love when I get texts from like other other brothers or someone. It's a verse, and it's like, man, that was like exactly what I needed. Right? Those that's that's because that's that's what the word of God does. And again, for six hours they were there. They were being attentive. They could have easily said, "Hey, we're tired. We've had a long day. We've had a long fifty-two days, right?" And uh, but still, they ended up. They were attentive to the Word of God. They wanted to know God. They wanted to know who their God was. It says in John 17, verses 1 through 3, it says, After saying these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, 
Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that he may glorify, um, give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, the one you sent to the earth. Right? I'm, I'm reading these uh, these verses out of the New Living Translation, but but I love this verse because that's what they, they wanted to know God, and that's what he said. This is eternal life, that they would know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, right, who you sent. So yeah, they were, they were, they were okay with spending six hours out of their day listening to the Word of God because they wanted to know their God, their God who brought them back to their land, their Redeemer, their Savior, everything like that. And for us, that's what we, that's, that's, that's how we should be. That's what we need, right? We want to constantly be in this, in this relationship with the Lord, in this, in this uh, closeness with God. So we need to be in His Word. In verses 4 and 5, it says this. It says, um, As were the scribes stood at a wooden podium, which they had made for the purpose, and besides him stood, again, all these guys, I'm not good at names, I don't want to butcher them, but all these men were around him, right? And, and uh, it says, Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Um, again, just it's such a cool thing to see all these men, all these godly men were around him, right? He wasn't a you know, he wasn't alone on on this thing. Like there was other men around him, and what an encouragement! That's what the that's, that's what the church is, right? Other men, godly women, and uh, men and women to 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 encourage one another, right? To be there. It's like, man, I need prayer. This is what I need right now. This is what's going on, and and to lift them up, right? When we have times of worship, and when the word is being taught, that you know the spirit moves and it begins to you know to to break down these you know sometimes these these uh, walls that we do put up, right? And then. And when we're around our brothers and sisters, that's when the, the you know ministry is going to happen in the church. When, and we're able to pray for each other, lift each other up. But that's what they were doing. These men were around. But I love it says how the people stood up, right? The the, the word of God is open, and they're like they had this reverence for the word of God. Again, sometimes we can just take it and be like, oh yeah, I have like five Bibles, you know, whatever. It's like, well, do you read one of them? Right? That's 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 the the question is: Is one of them read? Is one of them? Do you know that it is the word of God? Right? That they, this is God's word. God wants to speak to me through his word. We, we ask this question all the time. What's God's will for my life? I want God to speak to me. Well, he, he gave us his word so we can have it with us. Right? This is, that's the final authority in our lives is the word of God because they're his words, and they, and they, they had this, this idea, right? that this mindset. They, had this, uh, they recognized that this is what I needed in my life. Right, they knew that God's word, just like it says in Hebrews four twelve, is living. It's active. It's sharper than any two edged sword. It's able to discern the hearts and thoughts and tensions of of men. I like reading books, but any other book I've read, it doesn't have that type of power. You know, um, only the word of God does, and that's what was happening here. So they noticed that, and they and they saw that in verse six. It says, "Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen and Amen, while lifting up their hands." And then they bowed low and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. All right, so they they went from standing up to just going down on their on their faces on their hands and knees. They were worshiping God. They realized, like, man, this is this is God's word. This isn't just his dude Ezra, right? Like telling me his thoughts and and what he thinks, right? They they recognized it for what it was, the word of God. In First Thessalonians two thirteen, you know, Paul says the same thing to this church in Thessalonica. He says, hey, for this reason we also Constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work 
in you who believe. Right, if you, uh, you know, people, they, you know, again, with the, with this advent of uh, social media and all these, all these, these, these ways of communication, everyone's always saying something, right? They have the right way, they have the right answer to the problems of this world or why this is this way, why that is that way, whatever the case may be. But for these people, the answer was God's word. They knew it was God's word. They knew Ezra wasn't just, again, doing his own little f- philosophical things. Hey, this is what I think. Or, but they read the word of God, and they and they had such a reverence for it. They knew what it was, and so they bowed and worshipped. Right? That's what the word of God causes us to do. We understand that it's God's word. It's going to have an effect on our lives. And um, and they they worship and they obeyed. And it was a, it says they blessed. Right? Ezra blessed the Lord. Sometimes we're like, hey, like, how am I going to be blessed today by by this Bible service or by this Bible study? And um, and God does want to, you know, God does want to bless us. He wants to encourage us. He wants to strengthen us. But at the same time, we need to remember that we need to, we should bless God, right? And I think one of the main things that Jesus said in John fourteen fifteen, He said, "If you love me, you will keep my commandments." Right? That's a blessing, right, parents? When uh, when our kids just do what we say and they don't like give us any lip or anything or fight us back. All right, obedience, right? It's it's a big thing where you're like, hey, do this, and they don't they don't fight you. There's okay, it's 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 a it's a blessing when that happens, right? When 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 those things happen in the same way, when we are, are obedient to God's word, man, that, I, I believe that blesses God, that pleases our Father when we do those things. And uh, the people said, Amen. And again, they worshipped. You know, they knew again this was God's word, and they understood that. And that's such an awesome thing to remember that this is God's word. Right, again, there's so many things out there that are like, hey, like this is you should listen to this, you should hear this, you should hear this guy or this woman, whatever, this this party, that party, whatever the case may be. Right, these other isms or or things like that. But do we know that the, these books that we have, that we have day in and day out, that we that we read, that this is God's word? Do we treat it as such? Do we treat it as like, man, this is God's word? God wants to speak to me through his word. So I wanna I wanna take time, I wanna take time out of my day, I wanna make sure that this is something that that is a part of my life, right? Not just like, oh, I got to, you know, I don't have time to read, right? I'll just, or whatever the case may be, and we just leave it on the on the table or by our nightstand, whatever the case may be. But um, but do we understand this is God's word, and do we that we need it, right? Jesus said, "Hey, man shall not live by bread alone, but but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God." Right? Do we see the word of God as, uh, as such a necessity in our lives? In verse seven, it says about these other guys, right? Also, uh, Jeshua and Benai and all these other, these, these Levites, they explained the law to the people while the people remained in their place. They read from the book of the law of God, translating to give the sense so that they understood um, the reading. Right, again, when they went to Babylon, when they're in captivity, right, they kind of got assimilated into the culture, so they kind of lost their Hebrew language. They started, they had to learn uh, Aramaic, so... When uh, when the word of God was being taught, it was still you know, being taught in, in in Hebrew. So they had to translate it. But they had these men, these Levites, who were ready to teach them the word of God. And again, that's a, that's a, that's such a, a an amazing thing. Here we have different men in the body who are able to teach the word of God. So that's a blessing, right? There's some churches where that's like that's scarce. That's a scarce thing. Only the pastor. The pastor's not there. And it's like, oh man, like what do we do? You know, like. Um, but to, to have so many men who know the word of God, who 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 know what it, that it is the word of God, and who are able to teach it, who are able to help us to understand it, man, that's a, that's a that's a big blessing to have. There's not a lot. There's other places that don't have that. And we, um, you know, again, we can take that for granted. But but they had these men there. They were translating the word of God. They were teaching them the word of God, and um, and it was just an awesome thing, 
right? And, and I think for us that we all need to be those, those students of God's Word to be devoted to, to understand it. Here it says that we need to rightly, we need to show ourselves approved to God, um, able to rightly divide the Word of truth. That's, that's for all of us, right? Not just, the, not just the pastor, not just for a teacher, but we all need to know the Word of God because, because at the end we all have to give an account to God in our lives, and if we know the Word of God, then we'll be able to be obedient to it. And so uh, going on, it says in verse 9, it says, Then Nehemiah, who was a governor, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy uh, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. And again, as they were hearing it, as they were understanding it, they realized, like, man, we've messed up big time. Right, like we've been just not doing what we're supposed to do. It's the same uh, type of thing in Second Kings with King Josiah, or right? in Second Kings twenty-two when uh, you know he wanted to kind of get the the temple the like repaired and rebuilt, and they found this book that was like in it, um, and they brought it to to uh, to Josiah. Say, hey, well we're cleaning up, we're repairing this. We we found this scroll, this book of the law, and they had one of the scribes read it. And when he read it in his presence, he said the king like tore his robes, like man, we've messed up big time. Look how far we've gone. Look how like how much we've been disobedient to God's word, and that's what the word of God does. Again, it it um, it's convicting, right? It's going to do those things. Second um, Timothy three sixteen says, "All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness." That's what the word of God does. It's going to pierce. It's going to correct. It's also going to bring comfort. But as well, I'm sure they were they were just weeping because, like, man, we finally have the word of God. We're finally like coming back to where we need to come back to, and that's a joyous thing. That's when we when we like we come back. You know, uh, Jesus said of the book in the in the book of Revelation to the church of Ephesus, say, "Hey, you've left your first love, right? Come back, restore those things that you once were." Right? And and uh, to to know that right? when we first come to the Lord, there's such a joy in our lives, and sometimes again we get caught up in other things and we can lose that joy. There's so many things that want to steal our joy, but when we come to the Word of God, when we obey it, we, we begin to, to have this closeness again with God. And that's what it says here in verse 10. And then he said to them, Go eat of the fat, drink of the, um, of the sweet, and send portions to him who has nothing prepared. For this day is holy to our God. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And again, I think it comes down to, right, when we have a... That, that joy in our lives. In um, Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And before that, Paul would say, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say to rejoice. And he, when he's writing this in this book of Philippians, when he's writing this letter, he's in jail, he's in prison. And he, he, he might have the... Um, he might... He, he can easily say, Hey, you know, I'm not joyous right now. I'm in prison. But he's like, No, rejoice in the Lord. Like, the I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That that joy, right? That joy came from when they came, when they're coming back to the Lord, when they knew that this relationship that was severed because of sin, because all the things they were doing wrong, um, they were messing up in that, that God, He could have, they, they messed us so bad, but God was still merciful. God still brought them back. And we serve a gracious and merciful God. And when we come back to him, when we have that the relationship restored, and we're walking with him, man, that brings so much joy. And uh, in Third John one four, it says this: "It says I have no greater joy than this to hear of my children walking in the truth." Right? That's what God. That's God takes joy in that. Right? When we're walking in His truth, when we purpose in our heart to to come to Him, to um, to desire in our hearts to, to seek after Him. Right? He, he even promises, hey, if you seek my face, like I'm not going to hide from you. Right? 
God doesn't play those type of games, right? He doesn't play hide-and-go-seek with us. If we're seeking his face, if we desire to purposely follow him, he's going he's gonna to show himself to us. But again, we have his word that's accessible to us, that we can read, that we can go through. In verses 11 and 12, it says, So the Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went away to eat, to drink, to send portions, and to celebrate a great festival, because they understood the words which had been made known to them. And we're kind of going to do the same thing a little bit more with ice cream, not so much with other stuff, but... But um, but that but you see like again when when we purpose right to do this when we purpose to come together as the body of Christ to give attention to God's word to to uh, to to know it but not just know it to obey it and, um, you know that's that's why we come to church right that's one of the reasons why so we can continue to have that that um <clears throat> that nourishment of the word of God by by you know by Pastor Zeke by um if you guys go to any of the home Bible studies those who are doing those home Bible studies so we can be refresh so we can be revived and when we do those things man I, like ministry happens when that happens the spirit of god moves like we start praying for one another we're, we're able with you know, our hearts you know as a as the pastor here is to to teach the word of god to know it to teach you you know the the, the bible says in ephesians that that he made some he appointed some as apostles as teachers for the equipping of the saints which is which is you guys right for the for the minute, for the um, the purpose of ministry, and we were able to do that when we're here at church, when we're here in our own devotional time, when we're constantly being nourished by the Word of God, when we're when we're learning it, then then God is going to use the Spirit of God is going to move, and you know, because there's there's people um, in our congregation who are hurting, who are going through things, and and when we're again in this in this time where we just want to seek the Lord, like God is going to reveal things, He's going to give us a sermon. There's going to be things that are going to happen. We're going to pray for each other. We're going to lift each other up. That's that's what the church is for, and that's what, and it's all centered again around the Word of God, right? They wanted, they they wanted this revival, right, by the, you know, by coming back to the Bible, basically, right? That's this whole idea of that, and um, again, we, uh, I want to end with just a couple of verses. Um, one of my favorite verses is Psalm 63, and uh, the first part of it is just, it kind of, it goes so well, I think, and this is just a heart who's just seeking God, and in Psalm 63, 1, it says, O God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. And again, I love that because that's we were just talking about this whole reviving. And, and it, you know, right now we're in just this hot weather, right? The desert is what it does. But, um, but when we're tired and we're thirsty, and that, that's, that's the only thing that's truly going to satisfy is water. But for us, you know, the, there's there's so many things out there that want to they want to, uh, you know, quench our thirst, if you will, right? They want to try to, but there's only one thing that's, that's really going to do it. It's God himself. And um, and for us, that's what it should be. And then there's just one other verse, and it kind of goes with this whole idea, you know, as they're reading the Word of God, it says they're weeping, they're crying, you know, they're they're grieved because of, you know, they, they they read the Word of God, they understood, man, we came so far. But this last verse, as I was reading it, um, I just thought, man, this... Um, this is just kind of like we can kind of see the war. You know, there's a, there's that old saying, right? If you if you don't uh, uh, learn from the you know if you don't learn from the past, you're destined to repeat it type of thing. You know, all that all that weird philosophy stuff, right? But but uh, but it's kind of you know, true. They they're, as they were reading the word, they realized like, man, we need to we need to get back on track. But in Jeremiah chapter two verse thirteen, it says this. And since we're on this whole idea of how the word of God is washing with water and and all these things, how it cleanses, but it says. For my people, they have committed two sins. 
They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, to hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can't hold no water. I think that's uh, that's just a crazy verse because that's what they were doing, right? The, like the people of Judah, the people of Israel, they got into idolatry big time. They they forsook God, the living God, the one and only true God, and they started making their own gods, something that's going to, you know, to go with their, their lifestyle, the way they wanted to live, right? So instead of having this fountain of living water that flows, right? Because back in ancient times, back in Israel, like, Flowing water, like rivers, they called those things living water because it wasn't just in pools that were stagnant, they just set, you know, like bacteria couldn't set. It was, it was good water. They called it living water because it was constantly flowing. So they knew they can trust that water, right? You couldn't just drink anything out there. But they were forsaking the fountain of living water, and they were hewing out cisterns for themselves. They wanted things their way. They didn't want to hear what God had to hear, right? The way they hew those out with rocks, they hew these, thing, hew these things out. But it said they were broken cisterns. And a lot of times we do that, right? Not not so much um, purposefully, but we get caught up in all these other things. Hey, I got to do this. I got to work. I got to get this job. I got to do these other things, and 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 we get we we start hewing these things out. It's like because this is what's going to satisfy, or this is if I have this, if I have this job, or if I'm doing this other thing, then then I'm going to be good. Like life is going to be good. I'm, I'm you know I'm going to have that that good life because I'm doing this thing, and those things are, are good and well when we when we you know we have whatever activities we do or hobbies or, or whatever, if you want these certain jobs, those things aren't so much bad in themselves. But but just like the um, the people of Israel back this time, they, they forsook God, and that easily can happen. We get caught up in life. We get caught up in, you know, in the, you know, the, the American dream, the pursuit of happiness and all these things, but but our main pursuit needs to be God. And we're going to end up realizing, hey, if we're, maybe if you make a million dollars, you know, somebody who makes a million dollars, what do they want? They want another million dollars, right? They're not satisfied. They want more. They want more, and or or they if they if they climb the ladder in their job, right? That it's like yeah, I got this promotion, but now I want this next one because I'm making good money now. But then if I get this one, I make better. And it never stops, right? There's always something because it doesn't satisfy. And what God is saying here is like, no, they they forsook me. I am the thing that's going to satisfy their souls, not all these other things. And we can easily do that in our lives. We can do that in the lives of our of our children, right? We can instill those things like, hey, they this is what you do if you're doing these activities, if you're doing these sports, these. These educational things are not—they're not bad with themselves. But we can easily get this mindset: it's like, hey, if we're not doing things, then then life isn't going to be satisfying. It's like, oh no, life is satisfying because you have the Lord in your life, because He is your God, because He's the one who you surrender to. And that's kind of where, um, yeah, I kind of want to leave that with that. Is like, we need to again just. The word of God, that's what revives us, that's what refreshes us, because it's the words of our God who loved us, who died for us, who redeemed us. So with that, let's pray, and we'll be done. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, so much for your uh, for your word, God. Lord, you uh, Lord, you sent your Son down, Father, to, um, Lord, to be, Lord, the living word, Lord. The, Lord, it says in your word that, um, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then later on it says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Lord, you are, Lord, um, our God who loves us. God, may we, Father, be people of your Word, people who love you, Lord, people who desire to um, to know you more, Lord, and not just to know you, Lord, but to be obedient to you, Lord. And that's how we show our love to you, Lord. That's how we bring joy to you. That's how we bless you, God. Lord, you've blessed us with so many things. Lord, you've blessed us with salvation. Father, may we just right now, Lord, worship you, God, because you're worthy, Lord. 
So we just thank you, Lord, and praise you in your name. Amen.